Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Walk It Out. Uh, this is the initial episode tonight, and I'm so glad you're here. My name is Gretchen Cannon, and I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church. And uh, before we get into tonight, I just want to go to the Lord in prayer. So if you'll join me, I would love that. Father, thank you just for who you are and who you created us to be, which is conformed to your image. And Father, just as we go into um, tonight and every Friday until you tell us enough is enough, Father, we submit our will, our mind, and our emotion to you for you to speak to us the things that you want us to hear and that we will choose our obedience to walk it out by your power and by your divine might. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, since tonight is the first initial episode, I just want to take a couple of minutes uh, for those of you that don't know a little bit about me and just tell you a little bit about me kind of where I'm coming from, and um, and then some of you that know me well, you'll probably laugh remembering stories about some little things I'm going to tell. But um, I've been here at Grace Church uh, since the beginning, actually. I usually say negative eight months, meaning the eight months we were in the house or houses as we continue to outgrow them. Then uh, my husband and I, Brian, uh, have been a part of the team that started Grace Church and um, have never left. Like when the Lord calls you to a body, you stay here until he tells you different. But in 2005, I quit my teaching career. I uh, taught fourth grade and uh, for six years and then fifth grade for one. And I came to work full time here at Grace Church. And I have been in many different capacities over um, the years, but right now I am serving in the role of community pastor. Uh, Brian and I have four boys, so um, I know nothing about girls, except I am one, and that is about as far as it goes. I do have several sisters. Um, I was raised as a farm girl. My parents are uh, divorced. My dad's been remarried a couple of times, and my mom has been remarried to my other dad. I call him my bonus dad uh, for a long time, and uh, blessed to have him in my life. But Brian and I have four boys. I want to tell you just a minute about those so you kind of have an understanding of, um, of just me as a parent, me as a mom. Uh, we adopted our first child in... Um, and I remember how he's 30 years old now, and he was the age of 12, so do the math there. But uh, adopted him, and he was one of my students that was in foster care, and the Lord laid it on our heart to uh, have him, to go and choose him to be a part of our family. And his name is Willie. And then um, I was told uh, that it would be really hard for me to have children, that I wouldn't be able to. And uh, we got pregnant, um, elated, overjoyed, and had a miscarriage. Um, but I knew then, like, there was possibility. Always things are possible with God. But I knew that we could have children. And then uh, about a year later, Waylon came along. And uh, he's now 13 years old. So I have Willie and Waylon. And then, of course, if you have Willie and Waylon, you have to have the boys, right? 
And so uh, on Waylon's first birthday party that night, I went to sleep and had insomnia and knew when I woke up, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. And uh, Hwaya is our uh, blessing from um, from that. And he is 11. And then my youngest is my second adopted son. And he is the biological son from my oldest adopted son. So Enzo is actually my grandson from my adopted son. But we have uh, had custody of him since he was four months old. He's now 10. And we had the pleasure of adopting him about uh, six or seven years ago now. And um, he just belongs with us. That's why I always said, I always says, I cannot imagine our life without him as a, a brother and part of our family. So I've been born again since I was in grade school. Like I remember the day that I met Jesus and started like um, falling in love with who he is. I did go wayward a couple of, couple of three years. And when I do something, I do it all the way. <laughs> and so I did that all the way. But since beginning uh, my journey here as an employee at Grace Church uh, since 2005, it's just been a blessing of maturity, of, um, man, wonderful highs and really deep lows, to be completely honest. But it's been so worth it. I've been involved in uh, administrative stuff and finance and leadership stuff, as well as nursing home ministry, young adults, youth, kids. Um, disciple making just about everything, um, except worship. They still won't let me on the stage, but I don't blame them. Anyway, uh, I began a journey in 2000, the beginning of 2018 in being intentionally discipled by someone else and actually discipling a group of people. And so I'll be talking a little bit about those truths as we, um, dive through and and some of the tools and some of the things, but kind of want to let you know what each Friday at 630 is going to look like for you as far as um, you taking part in this time together with me. Really, it's just to encourage the Lord's heart of obedience and what he's saying to us. And when I say us, I don't mean the leadership. I don't mean the staff. I don't mean Grace Church. I mean you as an individual and me as an individual because he can bring the same truth to your heart and to my heart and what it looks like for us to walk it out can be completely different based upon what he's asking us to do. And that is the beauty of a relationship with a living God. So we're going to talk about biblical truths. We're going to go deeper in them. We're going to talk about the power and the practicality of walking out the biblical truths. I'm going to share testimony stories with you that will actually help illustrate like what it might look like in today's world to walk something out. But it isn't so you will go walk out the same thing. It's so you can have relatability to see how it can work in today's culture, today's world, working full time, ministry, uh, a spouse, uh, a parent, um, a grandparent even. I love asking questions and I love answering them. Like 
when I can help uh, lead you into his perfect answer for you, it brings me such joy. Like that is a, it, that is something that makes my heart beat, not to give you the answer that you're supposed to have, but to help lead you into hearing the answer from him yourself. And so I want to talk just a minute, um, really about what it looks like for obedience, because, uh, you can get caught up in, in a lens of old covenant or Pharisee when you talk about obedience. But when you have the new covenant lens on, man, it's a beautiful thing. It brings such joy and not because you perform to some standard, but because it's how you were created to be. And so there was a prophetic word that came out at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And um, this gentleman named Larry was actually just dialoguing with the Lord. And I have had this conversation so many times. Like, why are so many of the prophetic words similar, but just a little different language? And the Lord spoke this to his heart. And man, it, it so bore witness with me. The Lord answered, the prophets will continue prophesying until someone builds something. And he told him to arise, just like wake up, like don't get distracted in, in the cares of the world and all this stuff, but wake up to the privilege that we have to partner with the living God. Like, just like who will go send me Lord. Like it's our privilege to partner with the living God. But in that, like building if we arise and we wake up to the privilege to partner with him, then what does building look like? And it's our obedience. It's like we do, we do what the word of God says. The scripture as well as the rhema word, that's just a Greek word for the word word, for a word word in scripture. And it embers faith inside of a yielded believer. And that is exactly what it is to like, be obedient. You hear his voice and you walk out what you're supposed to do. Like you are partnering with, with God, the creator of the universe, the creator of all things of the heavens and the earth, Elohim. Like you are creating that. You are partnering with the creator, excuse me, through your obedience. So I want to read for you a scripture out of Hebrews uh, eleven seven. It's just a really short scripture. It's talking about Noah here. And it's talking about several people in the, in the faith. And it says in verse 7, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with, God, moved with godly fear. He prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness which is according to faith right here in verse seven, like the Lord told Noah to go build an ark and it hadn't rained. Many of you know the story and he had not seen the rain and he's going to go build this big old boat to put all these animal and his family in. And Noah said, yes, he moved with a godly fear and a reverence for the word of God spoke to his heart and he walked out his obedience in faith, knowing that he was partnering with the living God. And it says he became an heir of the righteousness 
which is according to faith. Like, that is a beautiful thing. It's not half-hearted obedience. It is true obedience. In Matthew 7 and in Luke 6, it talks about building on the rock. And if you do that, you're wise. And actually what it says is, if you hear my words and you do them, you are like building on a rock. But if you hear my words and you do not do them, then you are a foolish man, just like a foolish man that built his house on the sand. Like Jesus's love language is obedience. And I want to talk to you about that today. This isn't a list of rules. This isn't the Ten Commandment. Like the New Covenant, he wrote all of those things in your heart. By the indwelling Holy Spirit, he gave you the power and the ability and honestly the want to, to walk it out. It It is about him being king. It is about him being Lord, absolute ownership rights over your life, over your thoughts, over your emotions, over your will. Not just Savior, but also Lord. And he leads us in that by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. John 3.16, a very familiar verse, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should have eternal life. Right? He should not perish, but he should have eternal life. And when I ate this scripture, the very last time I ate it, this is the letter that the Lord gave me. And I want to read this to you because it's a perfect example of Jesus's love language. Says, I love you so much that I not only talked about giving my son for you, but I put action behind my will. It was my choice as I have shown you what it is like by modeling my will in action. My power will allow you to do the same. So when you look at that verse, John 3, 16, that word love isn't agape. Like so many times we think about it. It is actually agape O, which it's our obedience powered, like our choices partnered and powered by his divine choices to walk out our obedience. And so Jesus right here, like he died on the cross. He walked out his obedience to the Father because it says, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Like God put his love for us into action. Jesus put his love for us into action by walking down that path to be crucified, being beaten and torn like his flesh, so many different things. He literally put to death his will and picked up the will of our father to walk out his obedience. Like that is exactly the model and the demonstration of what we are to do. And so when I talk about it being like the love language of Jesus is obedience, what I mean by that is like a love language is how someone um, gives and and receives love. So It might be in just hanging out with each other and looking eye to eye. It might be um, like my boys are getting older, but they still love to come and sit close to either me or my husband. 
and they just grab our hands. It's one of the most precious things. Um, two weeks ago in a Sunday morning, I even hid and kind of captured a picture of it. But my husband was sitting beside me and beside him was our 13 year old son. And my 13 year old son reached over and just grabbed his hand. Like that's how he was speaking. I love you to his dad. And that is also how he receives it. Like that is Waylon's love language in that moment. Not like restricted to that, not putting him in a box, but in that moment. Well, the same way, like Jesus's love language is to show us his love by being obedient to the father's will. And in turn, he asks over and over, like the scripture, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say? Just like, are you going to be wise and hear what I say and do it? Or are you going to be foolish and not? So many times, over and over, Colossians 2, 6 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. It's not just receiving Jesus as Lord, but it's also walking in him. There's action behind it. And that's exactly what Jesus's love language was. It's a beautiful picture. I want to touch on just for a moment. So uh, la- this last Sunday on um, April 11th, Steve opened his message with uh, Psalm 118. And we talked about this on the live stream uh, Wednesday night. But I want to read for you a couple of verses. Verse 21 says, I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. It was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. So going back to that prophetic word, if the Lord spoke, the prophets will continue to call out, to prophesy, to encourage, to edify and to comfort the body of Christ in the same things. Until someone builds right here. Are we going to be the builders that actually build through our obedience? Or are we going to be the builders that reject building on the rock? So many times I go back to the, to the year that we built our home and watching Josh Kirkus dig that footing put in that metal, he dug so deep to be able to give us a foundation. Tom Rowan laying the slab like it was all built on the rock. And you know why I know that? Because before that ever started, we went and had a soil test. We needed to know what type of soil we had, how far we had to go down in that footing to be able to build on a solid surface. This is exactly what it's saying. Like, are we going to build on the solid surface of what Jesus is asking us to do? Or are we not? And that is what so much of this um, time together through Walk It Out is going to be. Are we are we going to do what he said? And 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 what does it even look like? Like, what does it really look like in 2021 to prefer your neighbor? What does it really look like to love one another? What does it really look like to take scriptures like give me a clean heart 
and an eye for an eye and put on our new covenant lenses and see what that actually looks like to walk out obedience to the people we're around. That's what this time's going to be together. And my hope and my prayer for you is that the Lord will so fuel you, like he will stir within your soul what is already living as a born-again believer inside your spirit, in your mind, your will, and your emotions to where you will be motivated, you will be empowered, you will be you will have such desire to walk out the love language, which is which is obedience to Jesus. And so this is my question to you, and I will ask this a lot. Just in the short time we've been together tonight, what is Jesus speaking to you? And what are you going to do about it? Set with him. Set with him tonight. Set with him this week. Go back and listen to this. Dig into some of these scriptures. Dig into Colossians 2. Dig into Hebrews eleven seven. Dig into Psalm 118, 21 and 22. Dig into those things. Matthew 7, Luke 6 about digging deep and building on the rock. And ask yourself, like, what is Jesus speaking to me? And what am I going to do about it? Now, my encouragement to you is now go walk it out. <laughs>